You're listening to an episode of Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, the podcast dedicated to honest conversations with educators about what they do and, more importantly, who they are. I'm your host, John LeMay, and I'm here to highlight the complex and rich lives led by teachers with diverse interests, identities, and stories. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm really excited to share this week's conversation, which features Jamie Moore, a middle school history teacher and hall parent at the Pennington School. We discuss Jamie's experience of working at his alma mater and his desire to impact his students in a way that is similar to the impact his teachers had on him. We also talk about his journey as a learner and the way he navigated his own learning differences throughout his time as a student, and we discuss the role and importance of creativity, excitement, and engagement in the classroom. As you'll be able to tell from our conversation, Jamie is a very funny and thoughtful person, and I had an absolute blast talking with him, and I think you'll enjoy what he has to say. If you enjoy this episode and have been enjoying the podcast in general, please take a moment to rate and review Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which really helps raise our visibility and ensures that other people find the podcast. Also, feel free to pass the podcast along to anyone who might enjoy it or find it interesting. With all that being said, here's my conversation with Jamie. Hey Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So what I'd like you to do is go back to what I call the first day of school. I want you to think about your first day of teaching, maybe full-time teaching or part-time teaching, whatever you identify as like your first official day of teaching. Um, I want you to think about what you felt, how you felt on that day, um, what you remember, uh, maybe how it went overall and just ways in which that was sort of indicative of like your first whatever week, month, year, etc. So uh, leading up to my first day, I definitely had the like summer nightmares that I <laughs> imagine all teachers have. Right. Um, one of them, I was wearing uh, black jeans and for some reason... I got in trouble for wearing the jeans, um, <laughs> so it was kind of reminiscent of my days at the school, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I was actually really nervous, um, mostly because I I knew that I had wanted to be a teacher for a long time. So you know, I had gone to uh, college uh, for secondary education in history, and I was like really looking forward to getting into the classroom. I had a great time with cooperating teaching and student teaching and all the observations that were in college but mm-hmm. you know to finally have the authority in the classroom um that was that was really exciting so i remember my first day i was like really nervous but i had the safety of kind of knowing the culture of the school i was going into um so you know i, I knew i wasn't going to get lost so that was right. awesome sure um <laughs> I knew where homeroom was, so I wasn't scared of that. But, you know, just the weight of getting ready to make an impact and just wanting to make the largest impact as possible, most positive, I guess, impact as possible. Yeah. I was really excited about that. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I imagine there was probably an extra level of pressure or nervousness because you were teaching at the place where you went to school, right? Yeah, it was really exciting to get back at my alma mater because I wanted to make the same type of impact that the teachers had made on me um, that inspired me to go into education, that inspired me to love finding answers and to 
accept that there's challenges in education and learning and growing and to find ways and plans to get around those challenges and really be able to find what would be my best experience and use my strengths for that. I was, I was, I was pumped to be on that team now. Yeah. Well, there, there is probably something hard about like forging your new, like forging your own path because it's probably easy to, in some, in some sense, like rely on, like the experiences you have with those teachers or to rely on like, I don't know, just kind of like imitating them. But you probably felt like you weren't able to do that as much because like you were also like working with them uh, and, and like reviewing them as colleagues. And I'm actually curious about like the process of like what it was like to begin viewing them as colleagues and interacting with them as as colleagues. Let's see. That's that's, that's a damn good question, John. <laughs> I've um... got, got a lot of them. <laughs> I'm stumped on question number three. So this is going to be... <laughs> This is good stuff. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to come back to the culture where I learned how to be a learner Um, because I knew what the goal of the school was or at least the mission of the school. And, you know, heading off to college, I was ready to leave. And once I got to college, it just hit me in my, like, first semester, like – a brick wall of being like, wow, this school changed my life mm-hmm. and had made such a large impact on me yeah. that I almost immediately was like, I need to go back. <laughs> yeah. I should have said thank you a lot more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to be now as part of the driving force to then find the best in all students at this, at that same school and to take on the role of being like, wow, I can now be not not a keeper of information but like a finder of excellence yeah that that was a, a large challenge and i knew to be an impact you you kind of have to wait you have to yes get get over some of the small barriers of teaching from uh there's like certain hurdles that you have to get over before you can start really making an impact um yeah or or at least feeling like you're making an impact cuz you probably are in those early stages but to actually feel like you're making some sort of headway Um, yeah because i think in a lot of ways just like being a person in the room with the kids and and being someone who listens like that makes enough of an impact but it doesn't always feel like you're making one yeah it's almost like you're character developing yourself in that you know i I knew what had inspired me personally but that's only one story yeah Um, yes and to to now have to turn around and be like okay i know that this inspired me but I need to now play multiple personas so that more students can be engaged in the classroom. Um, You know, I had, I definitely have some characteristics of teachers who made a huge impact on me Mm -hmm. (laughs) from like mannerisms to level of sarcasm to type of (laughs) sense of humor. I mean, students today are like, we can definitely tell you had so-and-so in class because you share a lot of similarities i'm yeah. like yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah, um, yeah you're not so you're not covering your tracks in that sense <laughs> no no they can they read right through me <laughs> yeah well, though that that's that really resonates with me because i find myself i think that i'm what has made me in some sense a good teacher is the fact that i'm just really good at imitating people like i'm really good at like recognizing characteristics and i have a very vivid memory and i and i recall like specific lessons specific vocal patterns like specific phrases and i'm really good at imitating that and i 
I think it, it can be good to do that because you know that it worked for you and it worked for other people, but it also can be a little bit of a crutch because like, it's kind of like wearing someone else's clothes. Like, yeah, it serves the function. Like, the, these are pants. I'm wearing pants right now, but they're not my pants. And they serve some of the functions that pants serve, but sometimes I'm really aware of that fact and I want to try on a different pair of pants or just find my own that work for me. Um, I'm finding myself thinking about that a lot now that I've been teaching for a couple of years and I've taught in a couple of different schools and in a couple of different classes. Like, I'm just really realizing that that there are limits to my ability to imitate the really excellent teachers that I've had because um, it's just I'm a different person than they are. And my students are different people than I am or the people I was in class with in high school were. So it's it's hard to forge that new path, I find. Yeah, character development of teachers is really important in those first years so that teachers can kind of develop their own story and pick and choose yeah. kind of the way that they're going to impact, you know, throw me in the basketball court and I will make very little impact. Um, (laughs) My one year of teaching girls junior varsity basketball is not a highlight reel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's more of America's funniest home videos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. A blooper (laughs) reel in a sense. Yeah. So, but to allow teachers to try new things and to allow them to take courses and develop is so important um and to congratulate them when they're doing something awesome and to pick them up when they're like oh my gosh this is the worst decision i've ever made and yes and it's it's september 7th um, right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes you're crying you're crying on the, on the car ride home although except yep. you except you weren't because you were at a, you were at a boarding school by that point so you were crying on the walk home and everyone's yeah. and everyone's seeing you cry. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, uh, "We can hear you weeping in your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Could you turn it down?" I was like, "I was just watching a movie." Yeah, exactly. I was watching the Notebook. Exactly. <laughs> well, so so going back a little bit, I'm I'm curious about the moment when you realized that you wanted to become a teacher. Um, like the moment when you really, um, yeah, came to the realization that that you wanted to commit yourself to this lifestyle, or maybe it was a series of moments where it became increasingly clear. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that that moment for you. Up until high school, I wanted to be a clown. Okay, um, like an actual clown, like an actual circus clown. Wow. Um, and I remember like growing up on like like what do you want to be day? Um, yeah. You know, everyone's like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a professor or a, like a vet. Everyone wants to be a vet. <laughs> Um, anyway, sorry. That's it's, like, another, it's like being that's a doctor, but you also get to work with animals. So there's a lot, there's a lot to like there. That's true. That's true. Um, and I was always like, I want to be a clown. You make people laugh. Like you get to, I don't know. <laughs> there's something exciting about that. So I think that builds into my character today. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it was <laughs> sophomore year history class. I was sitting there and, uh, I had some really amazing teachers up until that point that were very supportive of me. Um, I had been going through some, like figuring out how to learn for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I was diagnosed, um, uh, with auditory processing and ADHD in, I think it was fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so up to that point, uh, school was uh, a stage and classrooms were a way to test funny things out. Sure. Um, but I was sitting there in a, in a history classroom sophomore year and, this teacher's telling these stories and, you know, making people laugh, but getting at the point about all these different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I was just in awe 
of the characters he was developing and how he's getting his point across. And I was sitting there, I was like, man, he like this person is entertaining to us, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but still getting at the point of like yes. inspiring us to want to learn about these very obtuse <laughs> <laughs> historical moments that, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, why are we learning this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But there we are, like, why are we learning this? It's it's interesting. And I, I, I remember sitting there and being like, I can I can do this. Yeah. Um I can make something more interesting than it is. Um so I was sitting there and I knew that I could probably do something like that. Um and at that point I was like, I want to teach history. And I do I I do know if karma is a real thing, I I definitely have to be careful every day because <laughs> my students try very similar stuff and they're like, how do you do? How did you know that? Um, and I'm like, oh, I it's in a book. I read it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not like I've tried this. I've been there. I've done right. That. I um, tried to write that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was exciting to, at that point to be like, wow, I I kind of want to go into education. Yeah. And my mom was um was a public school music teacher for her entire career. My grandmother was um, an elementary school teacher. Um. So like I had these educators in my life and um, talking about education, the good and the bad, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, if you're an elementary school teacher, um, you're amazing. Yes. And <laughs> yes. Destined <agreed>. for <laughs> Although I, to be fair, I life. feel the same way about middle school. So <laughs> <laughs> I do get that a lot when I say, oh, you know, people ask me like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I teach middle school history. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Why would you ever do that? And I'm yeah. Like, Thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it, after after sophomore year, I kind of had this vision of being a teacher and um, and and really it was a series of teachers after that that just solidified like this was something that I really wanted to do. Yeah. So once you settled into that, like you probably also just got better at recognizing really excellent teachers and probably started sort of like, I don't know, just being more mindful of what they were doing. And when you really found yourself with, with great teachers, it probably reinforced like, yes, this is what I want to do. Absolutely. That's so interesting that you wanted to be a clown because one of my like lines with my kids, like whenever they're upset with me or whenever like I'm doing something that like isn't fun or something like that, I'm like, guys, I don't really care if you like like me. I, if, if I wanted to be adored, I would have become a birthday clown. But you <laughs> you can actually say like if I wanted to be adored, I would have become a clown, and that's actually what I wanted to become. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's- I like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it works. It works. Although more often than not, it doesn't really work because the kids are like, oh, like birthday cons are scary. I'm like, yeah, but you, you get the idea. You get the idea. I don't care if you adore me or not. Um, so um, once once you decided that you wanted to become a teacher, so that's pretty much like where you, where you went after that. So I, I know you said that you studied education in college or the process of actually learning how to become a teacher and doing like the student teaching stuff did that continue to reinforce that this was something you wanted to to do absolutely um i had a wonderful experience um in the classroom in college doing observations uh i just seemed to get storytellers as like history teachers Mm -hmm. um over and over again i just ran into more history teachers making the classroom vibrant by making people laugh, by telling um, the other side, by inspiring the students to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was really lucky that my 
student teacher. Um, I was really lucky to student teach with um, a teacher who, you know, really fit the stereotypical <laughs> history teacher, um, like an older male sitting at his desk. But yeah. <laughs> it was amazing to see him in like really get kids to pay attention um, yeah. and just to ask them what, how they feel and to ask them what they think. Yeah. Um, that's so important. Um, it ties the students so close to the content when you can be like, so what do you think? Why, why are we doing this? What yeah. is this? It, it, it obliterates the question of like, why are we studying this? Yes. Instead it's saying, how does this impact you and what are you going to do with it? It, yeah. it makes a responsibility that the, that the students have to hold now and say, okay, what am I going to do with this information? Um, because decision-making comes out of history, um, creativity, um, problem yeah. solving. There's so much that comes out of learning about what other people did um, that I was inspired during my cooperating teaching to just listen so it was great to watch somebody engage the students in a way that personalized the classroom so that when the students walked in, they were eager to learn about a topic and, and be able to give their opinion on why it was important. Yeah. Well, and it probably gave another dimension to teaching because you knew that you wanted to go into teaching because, you know, you found these teachers engaging and you, you liked the idea of, of making students care about these topics while being able to, like, use humor and sort of like use your vibrant personality but then seeing these other teachers that you were working with seeing them like really encouraging students to think independently and encouraging them to think critically and encouraging them to really like take their education into their own hands it probably just kind of raised the stakes in a sense and it was you know not to say that you wanted to teach before because like you wanted to make kids laugh while you know you talk about history but in a sense it just kind of raised the stakes and made it realize like oh yeah it made you made you realize that um like there's a lot to be gained from this. Yeah, and a lot to pass on from what I got from it. Yeah, yeah. Which, on on that note, uh, that kind of leads really well into into my next question, which is what what were you like as a uh, as a student? What were you like <laughs> as a learner? Um, the good, the good, and the bad, and uh, how how has that impacted you as as an educator? You've talked a little bit about that, and you've alluded to some things, but I'm curious about like the whole the whole sort of portrait. So I I only got A's. Um, I was I was an amazing student. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, learning was really hard and not a lot of fun. Um, in most cases, um, you know, you, you definitely feel alone as someone with a learning disability. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like you're tackling everything anew every single time. Yeah. Um, uh, having a short attention span. Uh, very little working memory and a, um, a very low reading level. Uh, you don't really attack a lot of what goes on in the classroom with much fervor. Um, <laughs> uh, so the timeout chair was my space in, <laughs> in a many classrooms. Um, there's so many apology letters that I need to write. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> just from the ages you know, really third grade to seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are the dark ages. Yeah, we don't we don't talk a lot about that. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I don't think my parents kept anything from those years educationally. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think it can be summed up as needs improvement. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh it yeah, it was it was tough. Um just because I didn't have the ability. I didn't know myself as a learner to know like memorization was something that wasn't going to happen unless I spent four times the amount on it than I needed to. Yeah. And do all these different types of um strategies. Um so it wasn't until actually I I went through a program of biofeedback um, in sophomore and junior year of high school, um, where I, my brain was hooked up to a computer and, um, it tracked my like wavelengths, wow. brain power. And it taught me, um, using computers, how to control the brain waves that actually help you concentrate. Um, wow. yeah. So it wasn't until I had been, I had, sorry, this story has so many parts and I can do an outline for you so you can splice it all together. <laughs> sure. No, it's it's it's, it's reading well to me. I'm 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 able to capture and I don't I don't tend to follow plots very well. So if you can communicate to me, you can definitely communicate to our listeners. So I had been going to private tutors for a long time, uh learning different strategies when it came to writing, uh study strategies, um working on different parts of the brain. Um but it wasn't until I went to this program that it actually actually trained my brain to recognize when I was concentrating. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I mean, I know when people read books and all of a sudden they're like four pages later and they're like, what happened? (laughs) Right. Right. Where where am I? Like 50 minutes would go by and I'd be like, where am I? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And in a classroom, (laughs) that doesn't really help. Right. Uh, (laughs) Bell rings. (laughs) Bell rings and you're like, Oh my gosh, did I even breathe? Right. Let alone do uh, this test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it wasn't until I learned how to concentrate. Um, and it was an amazing program. And I've been trying to find it um, to go back and try it again. Um, until I was able to recognize when I wasn't concentrating, I wasn't able to be effective in the classroom. Yeah. Um, because the, the lines between I was so engaged and then all of a sudden I'm staring out the window. It could happen in a snap or it could take, you know, a fade away of three minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. It, and it was startling. But going through that program and recognizing like, wow, this is when I'm engaged. And this is how I need to stay engaged. And this is what I need to do when I'm engaged. Um, and so really after that, there is an amazing turnaround in my education. Because finally all the strategies that I had been taught, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense to use note cards before right. I'd be like using note cards. And all of a sudden they're all over the room because I'm trying to like pierce them through an apple. <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you studying? Yeah, mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> physics. I think there's, there's an apple involved. That's a thing. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, there's some dude with an apple. So it, it really turned it around to be able to put that all together. Yeah. And, it just showed the complexity of our educational story as learners yeah. of like it isn't just one tactic it isn't just one moment that's going to turn you around and you're going to get it all of a sudden it's a passionate drive to continue to try new things or try things that have worked in the past or strategies that you've learned over and over again and adapt them to new situations that eventually you find that success and a lot of my curriculum in my classroom 
is about repetition and trying new strategies. Yeah. Um, Because that's my job as an eighth grade teacher is to get them thinking about, okay, you've had this type of schooling up until this point. Right. Right now you're going through so many like physical behavioral changes. Yeah. That next year is going to be totally different. How are you going to adapt to that? What skills can you have? What what can you be ready with in your, you know, so-called toolbox to be able to really capture what you can get from the classroom? Right. Yeah. Like you're in a sense, you're meeting them where they are and potentially like walking them through their own dark ages. Or even if you're not, like you're still utilizing the skills that you've developed and kind of encouraging that same level of mindfulness, that same level of resilience um, or resiliency, whichever one. Um, and you're, you're, you're kind of showing them like that. In a lot of ways, your story can, can also be applied like to someone who is like the A student and doesn't have any like behavioral things going on and doesn't get the needs improvement stuff. Like that's, there's still something to be gained from from your story and the skills that you've developed as a as an ever evolving learner. Yeah, a funny story out of the the brain training. Um one of my teachers thought I was actually getting um like shocked uh as part of the training. <laughs> and because, so because you told them that or they that was just their imagination going I, wild. I don't remember telling them that. I wouldn't put it past myself, but at the <laughs> right. same time I honestly don't remember. Um and so these review sheets would go out to my teachers every like couple of months to be like, how's this behavior? How's this concentrating? And he kept sending in these like flawless reports of me in the classroom um, because he was afraid of me getting shocked. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and eventually he's like, he's, he stepped me aside and he's like, uh, so can you tell me a little bit about this? Like it, out of like actual concern for my right, well-being. Right. And he's like, can, can you tell me a little bit about this? Because, you know, I'm getting these reviews, like how, how, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's just like changing, training my brain and I get to play games and you know, I listen for bells. And he's like, so they're not shocking you. And I was like, no. He's like, oh, that's my bad. I, I got to get in contact with them. Yeah. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I have so much information I need to send their way. Your life is about to get so much less pleasant. <laughs> So what were you like socially? Because I know you, you mentioned that you didn't feel like you, for a while there, had a lot of success in the classroom and, and school didn't really feel like a place for you to, you know, feel your best and feel feel that level of whatever competence or, or feeling like you're good at, at these things that are expected from you. Um, but I'm curious about the other side of things. So like, what, what were you like socially? What was your, your friend group like? What kind of stuff did you like do like outside of the classroom? Socially? Um, let's see. I was unique. <laughs> in the, I believe it. <laughs> uh, in a good way. In a good way. In a creative <laughs> way. Um, so, I don't know. I, I loved music. I'd gone to a music school for um, middle school. And so, like, I, I really had this part of me that loved music. I loved art. Um, I still do both. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in a very successful faculty band right now. <laughs> It's true. You you guys do rock. You guys do rock. <laughs> Socially, it was interesting because you know I I went to eighth through twelfth here at Pennington, and I was embraced for how I learned, and you know teachers thought that w- that was a benefit in the classroom because it diversified the classroom and allowed all learners to appreciate each other. So, um, in the classroom, it was I had some of the most amazing educators. Um, Socially, I was surrounded by students. 
who sometimes thought like me and sometimes didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was creative. I liked music. Um, so that was a huge outlet for me. Um, skateboarding was an enormous outlet for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a de-stressor. Yeah. Um, you know, I was had to play on sports teams, but if I had was given the option, I probably wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did the musicals. I did the plays because that was a creative outlet. You know, and and most of my friends came from those areas, from the arts, and we really embraced each other as kind of a alternative crew to <laughs> yes, in the in the way that high school drama kids tend to exactly. This is this is like teen angst one hundred and one. Yes, yeah. You know, buy chucks. Yeah. Insert black shoelaces. Mm-hmm. Brood a little. Think you're different and like continue on life yeah Um, (laughs) rinse and repeat yeah so well so did you i know you mentioned that when you were in middle school or kind of like in the what you refer to as the dark ages um you had a lot of like needs improvement like there were there was the the timeout corner which was occupied by you quite a bit but did those behavioral things like continue into high school or once you sort of like mature did you kind of grow out of that that part of your existence or personality i guess um i had been accustomed to not doing well in the classroom so that really i i had a fixed mindset at a certain point um because i had tried so many strategies and i'd seen so many people succeed and i think that's the problem is that in in schools we don't talk about the power of failure enough yeah and and the fact that it's a good thing because it allows you a room for improvement but even today when I say that, I, I still roll my eyes. I'm like, sure. yeah, but but I'm still doing bad. Right, right, and I, <laughs> right, right. And I still feel parents... bad about myself. <laughs> right. And when my parents get my report card, they're like, okay, well, at least you're trying. Right, you know? right. And, and, and I never didn't try. I think that was a big difference is that I always knew, like, if I could – if I can just do my best, that's all that mattered. And my parents continually said that throughout my life is like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you get grade wise. It just matters that you tried your best. Yeah. Now, of course I created all kinds of stressors on my own, um, of, of just being, seeing others succeed and being like, well, I'm not on honor roll and I'm not doing this, but yeah. it wasn't my time yet. Um, I hadn't developed as a learner to know myself good enough. I, I mean, I thought, staring at note cards for five hours was going to work yeah but i hadn't learned how to concentrate for 30 minutes would be much more powerful than five hours in of you know what is that like cramming yeah of cramming did that change for you in college like did you did you feel more of a sense of ownership of your education of your learning once once you got into college and sort of had this opportunity to start like this new whatever phase of your life yeah once once uh my brain training i keep calling it that i think that's what i want to call it once uh your i completed <laughs> my brain training <laughs> uh once i had completed the program helping my brain figure out how to concentrate it was a real turnaround i i saw amazing improvements um in my abilities because I had finally been able to take those strategies that I was taught and be able to be like, oh, that's what you mean. Okay, I can try that out. And I was ready to to show everybody what I could do. Um, and I 
fiercely took on college in a way that with with confidence that I hadn't been able to do in high school because even though each year is new, I, even junior year I felt like, well, last year I didn't do too well. And yeah. senior year I was like, okay, is this a trick? Am I actually going to be able to do well again? Or <laughs> right, right. Finally, when I entered in college, I was like, wow, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. This is how I study. This is how I take notes. Um, this is how I should write a paper and edit it and proofread. Yeah. And these are the people I should go to. And it's good to talk to your teachers and see your professors. Um, it it was empowering because – and I went to a small college for that reason because it just kind of continued the Pennington tradition of small classrooms, yeah. individual attention. And that's exactly what I needed. One, it helped that you had that undercurrent of confidence, right? And that undercurrent that like, okay, I can do – I can do some of these things and it might take me a little bit longer. I might have to do it a little bit differently, but I can at least do it. Whereas it sounds like you started, I don't know, like middle school, high school, kind of continuously like with this dearth and this like this, you know, this lack of confidence and this lack of just feeling like basic competence at these things that were expected from you. Yeah, it was it was really it's almost earlier on. It was almost every assignment was a brand new assignment, no matter if I had the same one before or not. I, yeah. I hadn't actually learned how to do it. But with college, I had set structures that people had helped me create. Mm-hmm. That, um, I saw amazing benefits. Um, you know, I my roommates were like, how did you learn how to write? Or like, where did you <laughs> learn how to study? I was like, <laughs> it took, it took, yeah, I didn't have just no get idea. here. You you don't even know me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like it was quite a quite a transformation. So shifting gears a little bit, I'm curious about your answer to the question of of how we as educators and we as an education system fail our students. Like what that looks like when we fail our students, whether that's in in again in, in individual classrooms or thinking about like the education system as as a whole. We don't. We're awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> end of podcast. Yeah, yeah. there you go. End of season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the classroom needs to be vibrant. It needs to be ever-changing. To have students walk in and ask questions like, what are we doing today? Or why are the seats set up like this? <laughs> or yeah. are we going to do what we did yesterday? You know, to have that buy-in. There's an entertainment quality that comes with being a classroom teacher, mm-hmm. um, a vibrancy, um, a love of what you're doing. Um, you know, I nerd out on certain topics, and although my students don't have maybe the same passion on topics, they see my love of something. Yeah. And, and I hope and I think that inspires them to then have a passion that they can be able to be like, I know a lot about this, and I think yeah. it's interesting, you know. My interest in maps is, like, ridiculous. <laughs> I've um, heard about it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing to be able to just be myself and to then, in turn, give them the ability to say, like, you can be yourself as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think we, when we're not interested, when we're not inspiring through enthusiasm, um, when we're not making them wonder, that's a disservice to them in the classroom. Yeah. You know, the reason why we – I think it's interesting because my view of education has obviously changed over the years. You know, I would say something totally different in middle school than high mm-hmm. school, than college, than now versus my first year of teaching. Sure. Um, 
you know, the, the value of education is the value of inspiring. Um, yeah. It, it's not to be like, you're going to need to memorize. It's more like when, when you're done here, your inspiration is going to carry you to somewhere new. Yeah. Um, and I just want you to find a passion or something that you're good at that will lead you to be like, oh, I can probably do this somewhere else. Or I can apply this to this major in college and go to this place. Or yeah. even I'm just going to do this for the next couple months. Um, I also think that we do a disservice by not making them stakeholders in the classroom, um, by not allowing them to have choice, by not allowing them to be able to kind of go off topic when when it's good off topic or yeah. to explore new things. Um, it, it's tough to let go, and I, I still learn every day on how to let go a little bit and not control the classroom, um, but we do a disservice by not allowing them to be creative, which then shuts down their interest in it, in your subject yeah. or in learning. Um, and we do a disservice when we're not asking them to create content that's interesting to themselves yeah. or when we're not asking them to stretch their abilities by, by thinking, okay, well, if we don't like it, what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. You know, here's this way you could take a look at this problem, but, what about this way? What do you want to do about it? Um, yeah. It engages them. Right, right. So in moving into the final stages here, my last question is, um, it's about just what you have learned as an educator. I'm, I'm curious about something that you constantly will remind yourself of or something that you try to keep in mind as you begin every single year or maybe just something that you've been reflecting on lately um maybe something that you would communicate to a, a young educator or someone who's just starting out but I'm, I'm curious about just what yeah like what what your kind of large takeaways are about what is important to keep in mind as you you know as you navigate life as as an educator as an effective educator an important thing to establish in the classroom is purpose um a reason why you do something and to make those clear uh the expectations as clear as possible um, to provide as many resources as possible to allow students to succeed. Um, you know, every year I think about, I, I touch up my curriculum all summer. I gather new sources for current events. I take a look at new videos that pop up. Uh, I work on the relevancy of what I talk about or update an activity that we do, whether it's running around campus, figuring out longitude, latitude, or um, mapping out part of campus for figuring out regions. Um, I'm always taking a look at the relevancy of it and how clearly I'm making those expectations. Mm -hmm. um, technology is a wonderful tool, but to have true command on it takes a lot of upkeep. Mm -hmm. And making sure it's not a crutch takes a lot of upkeep. Mm -hmm. Being able to be like, oh, you've got an iPad, you can figure it out. It's yeah. like, have you made the expectations clear on how to search, how to use the iPad, how to effectively get your point across. Um, yeah. So like every, every summer I look at that. And then at the beginning of the year, I, I take a look at my students and I, and I start looking at where they are, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting reports from last year, getting the advisor reports, taking a look at um, the report cards, uh, the comments there and being like, okay, here's what they look like on paper. But, those first few weeks of 
engaging in conversation, trying out new activities. Um, the first two weeks in my classroom is almost like mini assessments on all different types of skills mm -hmm. just so that I can get a better picture of, okay, they might be verbally strong. That's awesome. They're going to be able to do this or that. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, I see that their writing's not strong, but it's this type of writing rather than that. Or, right, oh, wow, right, they right. memorized that really quickly. It's just the first two weeks are just... It's like functioning as a sort of diagnostic, it sounds like. Yeah, and and being able to say, here's where they are right now. Yeah. Um, this is what my curriculum looks like, knowing my curriculum well enough to be able to be like, okay, this is going to go successfully for this population. Mm -hmm. This is how we can tweak it to so that more people are successful. Um taking a look at them as a grade um i'm a i'm the dean of eighth grade so you know um i'm in charge of building a, an advisor curriculum for them as well so mm -hmm. being able to pull that into classroom and say okay here's some skills that we're really going to struggle at how can i adapt my lesson plans for the people that are in my in my classroom yeah. it's so important to be able to not be stagnant um it really is a 12-month job um <laughs> building curriculum yeah. Um, but that's the fun part of it because you you have this encyclopedia of different tactics and different activities that, you know, oh, they're kinesthetic learners in this classroom. Let's let's try it this way. Or yeah. uh, today they might be kinesthetic. Tomorrow they might not be. You know, there no one's written into that story. So having a variety to be able to fall back on is is fantastic. I I think that's a really important part of being a teacher yeah absolutely well and just viewing students as individuals and viewing them as as really complex people and there are just so many different aspects to them not just as people but so many different aspects to them as as learners which is huge so i actually lied i have another question for you that i just sort of stumbled onto i'm, I'm curious about what it has been like for you to really live at pennington to live at this school i mean to really navigate not just your teenage years, which are very difficult, but also navigating like your your first few years out of out of college. I mean, really, your entire life since 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 getting out of college, which as someone who's in the middle of that, um, it's it's really hard. <laughs> it is really hard. It's really hard to do while you're living where you work. It's really hard to navigate while you're just while you're teaching like i just find it to be like a really a really difficult and emotionally draining job especially if you do feel like you are performing in a lot of ways which i i certainly feel and i know for you given the way that you sort of found your way into this into this job so i'm just curious about just broadly speaking what it's been like to to navigate that that task and to navigate that that challenge it's been amazing to grow up here um you know, I've I've spent sixteen years of my life here. I started teaching history in the classroom where I learned the same history, which mm -hmm. was very bizarre. Um, you know, I I got engaged while I was here. I got married. Um, it, there's been so many life moments captured here, and some of my former teachers are some of my best friends, and. Pennington inspired me as a learner and as a human, and that just inspires me every day to go into the classroom and try to do the same thing, which is like a carrot on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it's it's draining um to constantly be like i need to perform at my best because i know that my teachers that taught me did the same thing yeah there's a tradition here of that um there's a tradition of respecting learners and helping everyone succeed um it's it's really tiring but to see students walk out this door later after they graduate and find success um you know when they come back for alumni weekend Mm -hmm. um, which is every weekend for me yeah (laughs) Um, where's the banner yeah (laughs) Uh. (laughs) that's true but you still get asked for donations oh that's true Uh. (laughs) wait we get paid yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it's inspiring to see learners year after year go out in, into college and then to get jobs and have maybe similar experiences to me where they're like, wow, I didn't know I loved Pennington until I left. Or, yeah. wow, Pennington made such a big impact. You know, every day I think about that and think, like, I would not be where I am today in a lot of ways mm-hmm. without without this school. Um, yeah. And you know, from being 13 years old, five foot tall, um, (laughs) to now, uh, to the difference between my first three years of teaching to the last three years, um, to, to be considered like, I don't think I'm senior faculty, but to be like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm getting there. That's scary. I know. (laughs) I have I can make impressions on people. That's weird. <laughs> um, but like to be now someone that's been on the hall residentially for a long time and to be looked at of like, hey, how did you do this? Or mm-hmm. what did you do in the past? Or how yeah. can we improve this? And to be like, oh, well, we've done it a couple ways. It's really startling and it's empowering. Um, it's really scary <laughs> mm-hmm. to to be like, I think that every day matters um, as a teacher and that your impact can be seen. How do I want to phrase this so that it doesn't seem like we're almighty? I think it's just it's just the idea that you like make a difference in some way or that the idea that, you know, you have things you can potentially teach someone or some expertise that you can lend to the situation. Yeah, it it's it's empowering, but it's also scary that, you know, we we have a we're a huge part of someone's growing up and developing how they feel about themselves and how they approach tasks. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to always be thinking about that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, awesome. Okay, so the very last thing I'm going to have you do is I have a little bit of a challenge for you if you're feeling up for a challenge. All right. Okay, so what I'd like you to do is, to the best of your ability, um, capture your essence as an educator or sort of pitch yourself as an educator um, in your own words in 30 seconds. (laughs) I get the sense that this is not something that you you want to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god my palms just started sweating so badly <laughs> i know i know i as i was rolling it out i, I realized <laughs> i realized but i'm gonna ask you to do it anyway um 
Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. It's whatever comes <laughs> yes, to there mind are. is is totally is totally fine. Um, I realize that I'm asking you to to apply a lot of what you've been talking about in terms of of failure and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but I think uh, I think you'll do great. So I'm gonna throw 30 seconds on the clock. Oh, I have to start when you start that. Yes, yes. So I'm gonna throw 30 seconds on the clock, and uh, I will let you know when you have 10, 10 seconds. And um, yeah, okay. are you ready? Can you repeat the question? That's my. That that sums me up. Can you repeat yeah, sure. the question? So what I'm asking you to do is capture your essence as an educator, or pitch yourself as an educator to the best of your ability. So like, if you're in Jamie Moore's class, this is what is going to happen, or this is you know what you're going to experience. Any of that is is totally fair game. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and start. In three, two, one, go. <laughs> so myself as an educator. All right, five seconds down. Um, <laughs> can we start the time over? No, we can't. Okay. I like no no. Um, myself as an educator. Go. Oh my seconds. god. Oh my god. Oh my god, I haven't said anything. <laughs> no, you haven't. But that's okay. That's okay. So how about let's try it again. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> no. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is this is great. This is this is the process. This All is right. absolutely the process. So myself as an edge edu- can't write anything down. Uh, so I have it. I don't have anything. Okay. All right. Okay. We're keeping all this in, by the way. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> no, this right. is this is this is how people know. Like people will know for a fact that like none of this is scripted. I don't people give people the questions ahead of time. Um, so this is about as authentic as it gets. So oh, I'm gonna go is, ahead and yeah. throw thirty seconds on the clock once again. Yes. And then just whatever comes to mind. So in my class you're gonna do this, this is how you're gonna be treated. Any of that is totally fair game. So we're gonna go ahead and start in three, two, one, go. Hey, I'm Jamie Moore, and I'm an educator. Man, what do I stand for? I stand for finding the best in each student, finding ways to see what their strengths are, using strategies and so many different tactics to help make Ten their weaknesses, weaknesses strong. I use the power of humor. I like I like maps. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums it up perfectly. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was great. If you if you had if you had just started that, uh, I I would never have known that you found this to be a, a seemingly insurmountable task. So you perform sp- splendidly. However, you might be displeased to hear that I'm going to ask you to do it again. But this time, I want you to capture your essence as an educator or pitch yourself as an educator in 10 seconds. Okay? Capture right. yourself as an educator. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you to start in three, two, one, go. As an educator, it's important for me to inspire people to think critically, to imagine the possibilities, and to make an impact on their world as a citizen. Perfect. <laughs> And you like maps. I love lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So what I'm going to ask you to do, just for the final round, 
the last thing we're going to do. I just want you to capture your essence as an educator to the best of your ability in one single word. Woohoo! <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. Can you say I more guess. about that? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, just got to love what you do. And educating students or being – no, not even educating. Just being with them on their adventure to find themselves educationally and personally and emotionally is really important. So a woohoo is just an uplifting feeling that you can't help but smile when someone's saying woohoo. Yeah. So – that's great, Why and not? it's it's a word. It's a word. I never said that it couldn't be a, a, a sound effect or it couldn't be <laughs> anything like that. So that's totally fair game in my mind. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk with me. Um, it's been awesome. Just getting to know you, obviously, in the in the past year at Pennington. It's been great working on the hall with you. It's been great working on our weekend duty crew um, with you. Um, and just kind of working with you in a couple of different components. Um, you're a wonderful colleague. It's very cool to see how much you love this school and how much you've put into it and how much you appreciate and are able to recognize just what you've gotten out of it. And also just thinking about your own sort of growth as a, as a learner and also as, as an educator. Um, I find it to be nothing short of, of inspirational and just very, very cool. Well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Take care. Thanks again to Jamie for taking the time to speak with me. This podcast was created and hosted by me, John LeMay. Our associate producer is Emily Moeller. Our cover art is by Katie Cooper. And our theme music is You Need a Visa by Really From. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you'll join me next week for another episode featuring another teacher and another story. 